Hey church, good morning. Welcome to this special Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And I'm glad that you're watching and participating here at Monclova Road Baptist Church. It's a new day. Today's the beginning of a brand new week. And God is still on his throne. And I am so thankful that the Lord is in control. We're getting through this crisis and uh, God is blessing in many ways. And I want to remind you to keep your focus upon the word of God, keep your focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I'm glad that you're here. And if there's anything that we can do here at the church to help you this week, we hope that you'll contact us. I want you to know that you are being prayed for and we miss you and we love you so very much. We're going to continue our study in the book of Acts today, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 15. And I know this is Palm Sunday, and maybe you were expecting a, a message from the Gospels this, uh, this week, today, but uh, we are going to acknowledge uh, Palm Sunday and identify uh, with what Christ did uh, in his entry into Jerusalem today, but I believe that uh, here in Acts chapter 15, we can do all of that and consider what this week is going to mean leading up to Resurrection Sunday. And so take your Bibles, if you will, Acts chapter number 15, and we're going to leave, uh, begin where we left off last week. In verse number 11, the Bible says, but we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. What a wonderful verse that is. And I pray as we begin this Bible study today that you too believe in what Jesus Christ has done for you. You believe that Jesus Christ died upon the cross. You believe that he was placed in that tomb and that he uh, was raised from the dead on the third day. And that's what we celebrate each Sunday here at our church, but specifically this upcoming week, we celebrate the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you believe in Jesus Christ. In verse number 12, then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. And Simon hath declared how God at, first, at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, after this, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. I will build again the ruins thereof and will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is this that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they may abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Father in heaven, we pray that you would, Lord, meet with us today as we gather. Lord, we are gathered around your word and we need to hear from you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for this church. We thank you for those that are gathered around computer screens and television sets and watching this service even now. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. 
Holy Spirit of God, I pray that even though we're not gathered together in a single room, Lord, we are still in unity, gathered, believing upon the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Spirit of God, that you administer to each person here today that's participating in this service. Bless this service, bless this message. And Lord, I pray that you continue to meet the needs of our church. We ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. Today is Palm Sunday, the day that we remember the entry of our Lord into Jerusalem and the week that will our Savior is going to go to the cross. It's a time that we set aside every single year. And if you were to look in the Gospels, you would find that Jesus is now coming to the end of his ministry here upon the earth. He's done very many miracles. He's healed the sick. He's caused the blind to see, the deaf now hear, the lame are walking, and he's fed the 5,000, and he's done such wonderful things. People that were possessed with demons now are in their right mind. There's many now that have the truth. They're followers of Jesus Christ. He comes into Jerusalem, and as he's coming into Jerusalem, they're taking these palm leaves, and they're, they're, they're placing them on the ground as Jesus is making this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and they're, they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and uh, 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 celebrating Jesus Christ. But this week is going to also be a, a difficult week. This week is... Jesus, after he enters in Jerusalem, he is going to be betrayed. This week, as Jesus is betrayed, he's going to be beaten. He's going to be forsaken. He's going to be beat. There's going to be some that are going to come and take their fist and, and just punch Jesus into the face, take their open hand and smack him across his face. They're going to take his beard and they're going to pluck his beard out. They're going to just totally try to humiliate Jesus. They're going to try to discourage him. They're going to take a cat of nine tails, this whip with stone in it, and, and begin to, to beat his back until he's just bloodied. The Bible tells us this, that he's not even going to be recognized as a man. He's going to be so brutally beaten. They're going to spit upon him. They're going to take this bloodied body and put a, a robe over him and mock him and, and uh, put a crown of thorns upon his head and, and smash that, those thorns down into his head and, and blood coming out from our Savior. And they're going to just mock him and say to him, if you're the Savior, save yourself. They're going to take Jesus and lay him upon that cross and drive nails into his hands and to his feet. As I think about this passage of scripture and this story that begins now on this Palm Sunday, this week that Jesus is going to endure for you and for me, what causes just the soberness to come across us, to think about what Jesus Christ did for us. He did this because he loved us. He did this because a payment needed to be made for our sin. You know this, there's nothing you could do to merit or earn your salvation. You have to go by way of the cross. Jesus had to endure this agony and this pain because there was a sin debt that had to be paid for. 
And you and I could have gone through the same treatment that Jesus went through, but it would not have been sufficient payment for sin because we aren't perfect. Jesus, a perfect man, sinless, a perfect blood had to be shed to be the atonement for our sin. And Jesus willingly, the Bible says, endured this, went through this so that you and I could be reconciled back to God. What a wonderful savior he is. This is a special week for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. It's sad as we consider the, the price that our Lord paid for our redemption, for our sin, that terrible, horrific events that, that they're going to unfold during this week from his entry into Jerusalem to the cruel scourging and ultimately to the cross. And with these events, our Savior and his sacrifice, on our mind and on our heart, we come to study this book of Acts. Again, with all of those thoughts on Palm Sunday flooding our mind, we turn to Acts chapter 15. And I want you to think about what Christ did for you as we study this passage of Scripture. I want you to think about everything I just described and even more that he went through. Ultimately, he's going to be on the cross and he's going to cry out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In all of the beating and all the physical and all the emotional distress and beatings that he took, the greatest pain that I believe that Jesus Christ ever endured is when he acknowledged that God himself had turned his back because Jesus became sin for you and for me so that our sin debt could be paid. All that Jesus went through. I want you to think about that as we study through Acts chapter number 15. I want to again bring your attention again to verse number 11, but we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and to Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. I want you to write some things down if you're taking notes today. I want you to think about these things in your uh, heart as we consider Acts chapter 15 today in light of Palm Sunday, in light of, of this week of the Passion Week, it's called, that Jesus Christ is going to endure. I want you to think about this and look with me in verse number 12. Then all the multitude kept silence. First of all, this morning, I want you to remember and I want you to consider there is a time to listen. There's a time to listen. There was great disputing. In verse number two, the Bible says this, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and uh, disputation with them, there was this great fight that took place within the church. Look again with me in verse number seven, the Bible says, and when there had been much disputing, there, there was this great, this great uh, fight that was taking place. And we studied that last week. 
There were some that said that, that you can't be saved unless you were also circumcised. There's some that said you can't be saved unless you followed the law. They were placing something on top of salvation. Yes, you must believe in Jesus, but you must do something as well to merit salvation. You know, we find that the Bible says this, that, that it's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, it's only through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that you and I can do nothing, and we studied that last week. They're in a time of fighting. They're a time of disputing. There's no small dis dispute or meaning this. This was a great struggle. There was a lot of disagreements. There were loud voices. There was turmoil. I imagine, I imagine here what's happening in Acts chapter number 15. There was just no peace. And people were arguing for their opinion and arguing to see who was right and, and arguing to, to, to see their way was the right way. And the Bible says there was this great dispute. But I would submit to you today, there is a time to listen. You see, great disputings bring worry. Great disputings bring anxiety. Great disputings bring stress. Many have lost sleep because of disputes that they've had. Many have, have uh, physically been sick because of disputes that they've had. Many have lost peace and, and, and have just endured struggles because of disputes or problems that they were having. And this is where the church was. There was an argument taking place. Everyone was defending their position. Everyone was, was yelling and fighting to get their points across. But then we come to verse number 11. Look there again with me. But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we should be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence. The story of Jesus brought calm to a divided church. Matter of fact, the story of Jesus brings calm to a divided world. The story of Jesus brings a calm to a stressful life, to a life of anxiety, to a life of fear. Now, as we think about Palm Sunday and we think about everything that Jesus went through, all of those struggles that Jesus went through, he went through those struggles so that he can bring peace to a struggling life. He went through all of those things. He went to the cross and he went to the grave and he resurrected again so that he could bring peace to a struggling soul. I know each week we've mentioned, we've talked about this virus and it's very, very difficult for us not to consider this because it has brought such anxiety, such stress to a world. The conversations that we have with people are, how are you doing? Is everyone healthy? How has this affected you? And it's affected so many. It's brought turmoil, not just to a county or not just to a state, not just to a nation. It's brought turmoil to an entire world. And there's world the world is arguing. The world is anxious. The world is fighting. And I, I want you to know today that Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus Christ, the story of the gospel can bring peace to a hectic world. But hear me, my friends, you must stop long enough to listen. There are so many today that are looking for answers. There's so many that stand and think that they have the answer. 
There's so many that want to be right. There's so many that are arguing their position. But I want you to see what happened here in Acts chapter 15 in a hectic fighting world when Jesus Christ was mentioned. It brought peace and people listened. I want to encourage you right now in your life, will you please determine today that you are going to listen to what the Bible has to say? Listen, there's no newspaper that's going to bring peace to you that the Bible can bring. There's no news story that can bring peace that the Bible can bring. There's no government that whatever words they can say, there's no doctor right now, there's no PhD, the smartest person in the world doesn't, can't bring peace the way the Bible can bring peace. Will you listen? Oh, this Palm Sunday, this day that begins this, this week that we look at each event of the day that, that ultimately is going to bring salvation to all mankind. Will you start this week with an ear to listen? Keep silent so that you can hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, in verse number 11 we read, it's the grace of the Lord. It's not the wisdom of man that saved us. It wasn't religion that saved us. It wasn't a good idea that someone had that saved us. It wasn't uh, the world coming together and doing good works that saved. It was the grace of Jesus Christ. The grace that saved us is the same grace that you and I need today. Will you listen? Will you listen to the story of grace. The Bible says in Ephesians 2:8, but by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Right there in this passage, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he says this, he said, it's the grace, first of all, it's grace, and it's a gift of God. It reminds us of a, a very popular verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave us a gift, and that gift was his son, Jesus Christ. Will you listen today? Look with me at verse number 12, this silence brought a peace to a hectic world. As they, in verse number 11, began to remind people it was about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved us and, and saved everyone. It saved the Jew and it saved the Gentile. It wasn't something different. It didn't matter your nationality. It wasn't dependent upon what language you speak. And it's the truth today as well. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what, what language you speak. It doesn't matter where you live. What matters is do you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you received by faith that free gift of salvation? Will you listen long enough to hear what the Bible says? Will you listen long enough today? Will you keep silence long enough today to listen what God wants you to hear? He has a gift that he wants to give you. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get so loud. Sometimes we fight so much. We get so anxious and we want our way. We fail to remember all that God has done. 
I want you to see with me again in verse number 12. Look what he says. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience. So Barnabas and Paul began to speak. And this is what they began to do. They began to declare what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Now think about that. The people finally stopped fighting. They stopped desiring to get their voice out in their way. They kept silence in what Barnabas and Paul did. Once everyone calmed down and began to listen, Paul and Barnabas began to say, I want to tell you the wonders and the miracles that God has done. Miracles and wonders. You see, God did these things. Didn't, I'm sorry, God didn't do these things once they became silenced. Their, their, their noise caused them not to realize what God was doing. God was at work. God had performed these wonders. God had performed these miracles. The problem was this. Their mind and their heart was upon disputings. Their mind and their heart was fighting. Their mind and their heart was on stressful situations and anxiousness instead of their mind simply being upon Christ and God and what he had already done. You see, today you can choose. You can choose to keep a, an anxious heart, an anxious mind. You can choose to, to live a life of fear. Or you can stop and be silent long enough to listen and remember what God has done. As the people became silent, I can picture here in this multitude of people, they're fighting they're disagreeing. And finally, the name of Jesus Christ and his grace, what he did for us, was told. And it caused a silence to come across the people. And in that silence, Barnabas, the Bible says, and Paul stand up. And they begin to say, I want to tell you something. I want to rehearse in your mind all the miracles and all the wonders that God has done Oh, hear me today. Will you be silent long enough? Will you be silent long enough just to remember all the blessings? It wasn't that God waited till they were silent before he began to bless. It wasn't that God waited for them to be silent before these miracles were done. He had done the miracles and he was blessing while they were arguing. While they were disputing, while they were living a life of fear, God was at work. And oh, listen to me today, I want to remind you, church, that God is still at work. Yes, we turn the news on and we get fearful. We, we hear stories of, of problems and in ruin. We hear, we hear anxious stories of economic collapse. And we look at the stock market and we wonder, is it ever going to come back? And we look at jobs and say, is the economy ever going to recover? And we hear about people being sick. And we, we, we consider all the things that cause fear. And all that time that this arguing has taken place, God was still himself. God was still at work. God was still performing miracles. Oh, hear me today. In the world we're living in, God is still performing miracles. 
People are still trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. One of the most awesome things that I believe is happening during this time are people are looking for hope and the things that once brought hope their life are are gone now and and they're saying, all right, I put my hope in the wrong thing. I put my security in the wrong thing. And they realized in in a moment, in a moment, all of that is gone. And now they're looking for truth. And oh, I pray that they listen long enough to see that Jesus Christ is the truth, is the hope that they're seeking. God's still saving souls. God's still meeting needs. God's still doing miraculous things. God still loves you and God still cares for you. And oh, hear me today. It doesn't matter the things of this world that are happening in your life. God is still blessing. God is still working. God is still on his throne. And let's consider today. Let's remember today. Let's take time today to listen long enough so that all of God's blessings can be rehearsed. And we can give him glory for who he is. He had already done it. What has God done for you already? I want us to pause and I want us to listen. I want us to consider. What has God done for you already? I'm not asking you what crisis we're facing. I know. I'm not asking you what fear you have or anxiety you're facing. I know what it is. I'm asking you right now to stop, to put those things behind us, and let's listen to the word of God. Let's recall the things that God has done. What has God blessed you with right now? You know, yesterday, (laughs) I was in another room resting, and my kids were all in different rooms. My wife had put a load of laundry in our washing machine. She was doing laundry all day yesterday, washing the sheets and call the clothes from the week. And all of a sudden I hear my name being yelled like this frantic scream. And, and it wasn't lunchtime, so I knew she wasn't calling me for lunch. <laughs> it's too early for dinner. So I quickly jumped up where I was and went running in and listening to her voice screaming. And I, I go into the laundry room and water is just shooting out like a fire hose out. It looked like it was coming from the underneath of our washing machine. And oh, I mean, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. What we found was the hose got disconnected from the back of the washing machine. It came loose and it was just, just pouring water. I quickly ran down into the basement and it had done it long enough to where water was just pouring through our ceiling in the basement. <laughs> oh, it was a hectic time. Everything was wet. I was afraid things were going to be ruined. I mean, more water than should have been in any house. (laughs) When it was all said and done, it took a long time to clean up. It took a trip to the store to get new hoses. (laughs) And when it was all said and done, I laid there that evening and I thought to myself, every single one of my children are healthy. We still have a house, a roof over our head. I still have a wife. I still have my salvation. I still have blessings of God. You see, 
sometimes a incident in our life causes us to get our mind off of really what we need to keep our mind on. You are going through a struggle. There is a problem. There's like my home, water spraying everywhere. And if I keep my attention on that one single thing, I fail to remember how good God really is. But just like that incident in our home last night, the incident in your life that you're struggling with today, it's going to pass. But what's going to remain is all of the miracles and all of the wonders that God is doing even during the time of your distress. Will you listen? You see, in a loud, sin-filled world, he sent his son as a gift to us. In a loud, sin-filled world where other idols were being worshipped and, and, and crime was happening and murders were happening and, and violence was taking place, Jesus got upon that cult. He get to make a triumphant entry into Jerusalem knowing that in just a few short days he was going to be beaten and bruised so that you and I could be redeemed, reconciled back to God. When your tempter was loud tempting you, when your sin was loud condemning you, in the still quiet Bethlehem night a savior was born. Oh, there wasn't a lot of fanfare. It was just a few, a few people, uh, some shepherds, <laughs> some sheep that were there. It was Jesus there in that manger with his mom and his dad. You would think a king being born, all of the kingdom would come and rejoice. But no, as the world was in chaos, as, as Israel was, was, was being uh, overtaken by Rome and, and seized by Rome, as, 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 as uh, uh, crime was happening, as, as issues were taking place in people's lives, in the quiet, still night, our Savior was born. You see, this is talking, taking all away that once clouded our lives. I'm thinking about the situation we're facing in this world. It's taken everything away. It's taken work away. It's taken sports away. It's taken travel away. But you know what I think of? I recall this, all the things that once clouded our life, all the things that once busied our life, all of those things that used to just bring so much tension, so much anxiety, so much fear, God's taking all that away. It's putting us in our home all at the same time. It's bringing us to the place where we can consider, if you will allow it, all of God's blessings and all of his wondrous works that he's done for you. Will you take the time to listen today? Secondly, I want you to see, and I'm hurrying here, I promise you. In verse number 13, the Bible says, and after they had held their peace, James answered saying, men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon hath de declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. First, I want you to 
see this. It's a time to listen. Secondly, it's a time to agree. It's a time that we finally agree with scripture. Agree with the word of God. Agree with the fact that the Lord is our salvation. Agree with the fact in him, I will trust. It's time that we agree with what the Bible says. And sometimes it's taken great tragedy in our world. Sometimes it's taken great struggles for us to finally come to the place where we finally agree. If God said it, it's enough. And oh, my friend, I want to bring confidence to you today. I want to speak truth to you today. I ask you, will you listen long enough to consider what the word of God says? And once you've listened, will you come to the place where you agree what the Bible says we will do? It's time to agree. You see, we find here in this passage of scripture, look with me in verse number 16. The Bible says this, after this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. Oh, I love this verse. What this verse is saying, it's all seeming hopeless. It's fallen down. The temple is fallen down and, 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 and the world is falling apart and Israel is, is being occupied by Rome and it seems like they've lost everything. And God said all this might be happening, but I'm allowing it to happen because I will build back up. Oh, listen to me. Will you agree with the Bible says? We see all this turmoil in our world right now. We see all these problems in our life right now. And it seems like it's all out of control. But God allows these things so that man will turn to him and agree with him. And when we do, we realize that God can build it back up. At the worst day of your life, at the worst moment, when you think all is in ruin, when you think all is lost, when you think that all is hopeless, God can build it back up, and he will. God is in control. God is on his throne. I'm saying to you today with confidence, not because of who I am, not because of my opinion, I'm saying to you today with confidence from God's word that because it says it, I agree with it. God is going to make things new. I'm reminded of Revelation when the Bible says that there's going to come a day when heaven and earth is going to pass away, but he is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, listen to me. At one point, this sin-filled world is going to be destroyed, but I want you to know this, that God in his righteousness and in his holiness and in truth is going to build it back up. I'm long for that day when, when there is no sun needed because the son of God is present. He is the son. I'm longing for that day when we live in the new Jerusalem because God restores what was destroyed. I'm longing for that day and you too can long for that day, but you must know Jesus Christ as your savior in order to come to that day. Do you agree with the scripture? Do you agree with what God says? Oh, do you agree that God said that all things will work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose? Do you agree that the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Do you agree with the Bible says that God loved the world, that he sent his son, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Will you agree with the word of God today? You see, in Acts chapter 15, there was disputings, there was turmoil, but people listened. 
They listened to the truth of the gospel. And they came to the second point as they agreed with what's being said. When it appeared that all is falling apart, that is when God revealed it is him that will build it back up. When all was falling apart, God said, I will build it back up. You see, God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He sent his son into this world to save you, not to destroy you. In verse number 17, the Bible says this, that the, the, uh, read along with me if you would please. The Bible says that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord. What should happen during this time of crisis in our life? What would be a wonderful thing for you to do right now is to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his desire. Oh, it seems like things are falling apart. I'm sure that the disciples that have been following Jesus for these uh, last three years, three and a half years, they're watching Jesus now be taken. They're watching him. He's been betrayed. They're watching him be beaten. They've scattered and they're wondering what's happening. The one that we believed in, is he true? Is he truly the Messiah? They watched him get placed in that tomb and now they're gathered in that upper room and they're, they're fearful and they're afraid of what Rome was going to do. They're fearful and they're afraid of what the religious leaders are going to do. They're not quite sure, did they put their hope in the right thing? Oh, and as we'll celebrate next week, Mary runs to the garden tomb. She goes into that tomb and the, 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 the stone is rolled away and that tomb is empty. You see, God will restore. God will rebuild at the time of your life that you feel it's the most hopeless. God is going to use that, that men might seek after the Lord. Church, I am praying that God uses this situation in our world to send the greatest revival that mankind has ever known. I'm not just saying those words. I'm not just trying to, to, to put on a good front. I'm not just trying to, to, to encourage you because there's, there's, there's no way out of this. And I'm not just trying to speak kind words. I'm sharing with you my heart today. I believe that God can use this so that mankind can be saved. This residue of man might seek after the Lord. God wants mankind to seek him. If you seek him, he'll answer. If you knock, he'll answer. Oh, listen to me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior today, will you allow this situation in your life now to bring you to the place where you agree with the word of God when it tells us who Jesus is and what he came to this earth for? God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Will you agree with the word of God today? Will you listen? Will you agree? And lastly, I want you to look with me, if you would, please, in verse number 19. The Bible says this, Wherefore, my sentence is that we troubled not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, 
but that we might write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. There's a time to listen. There is a time to agree. And there's a time to live. There's a time to live. In verse number 19, this is what the apostles said. Let's stop fighting about what doesn't matter. Let's stop disputing about circumcision. Let's stop fighting about what I want. And let's stop with what doesn't matter. Let's stop getting upset because others don't do it my way. Stop living for others. Let's stop worrying about nonsense and put the past behind us. Let's, let's put fighting away. Let's, let's stop living in fear. Let's stop trying to control. And let's live for Christ. Look what he says in verse number 19. But that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions, idols, and from fornication, from things strangled and from blood. Let's just do what's right that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. He says, let's not trouble them. Let's just talk about what's pleasing to God. Let's not talk about my trouble. He says in verse number 20, let's live for God, not for idols. Let's get that straight. We're living this life for God. We're not allowing idols to come in and let's not serve idols. Let's not, let's not put our faith in anything other than what God says. Let's not put our trust in anything other than God alone. Let's not put our, 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 our uh, time into anything other than what the Bible says. Let's agree that God is God and we're gonna live for him. Let's agree on that. He says, don't give in to your fleshly lust, fornication. He said, let's just agree on this. Let's not trouble people. Let's not put our stipulations on other people. Let's come to the place where we trouble them not, but simply encourage them to live for God, to, to don't give in to their uh, fleshly lust and obey the commandment or obey the word of God, not man. You see, church, it's time to listen. And once we've listened, it's time to agree, but agree with the word of God. And once we've listened and once we agree, it's time to live. Jesus entered into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday to give you life and to give it more abundantly. Christian, it's time to live. It's time to live. Let's not walk through this world defeated. It's time to live. Let's not walk through this time discouraged. It's time to live. Oh, listen to me. I'm not minimizing the hurt and the struggles we're facing today, but I'm maximizing the God in heaven that loved us, that sent his son to save us. It is time, Christian, that we determine that we are going to live life and live it to the fullest and live it the way that God intended for us to live it. Let's go and do good. Let's go and give the gospel. 
It's time that Christians stand in the day of adversity and stand with confidence in God's word. It's time that we stand telling other people that they too can have the same confidence, not in us, but in God's word. Hear me, Christian, we have something different than all of the world has, and his name is Jesus Christ. And today, Palm Sunday, he's entered into Jerusalem. He's going to endure the greatest pain and tragedy that would ever befall man. Oh, but listen to me, next week when we gather here, we're going to gather. Jesus Christ is no longer in that tomb. He is alive and he has given us that same life. This world is just temporal. This world is just a few decades of our eternity. It's time that you and I, we live. Will you listen? Will you agree? Will you live today for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us. I pray. Help us to listen. Help us to agree. And oh God, help us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for watching our service here today at Monclover Road Baptist Church. You heard a message about Jesus Christ today. You heard a message that Jesus Christ loves you that he gave his life so that you could have everlasting life. I'm reminded of Romans chapter five, verse number eight, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He went to the cross. He shed his blood on the cross to be the payment for your sin. And if you by faith receive that free gift of salvation, you too can have everlasting life today. The Bible tells us that each and every one of us are sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of that sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, what is the gift of God? The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us as well that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, the Bible is very clear that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Will you repent of your sins today? Will you turn to Jesus Christ and by faith believe that he went to the cross? He died for your sins. He was placed in the grave, and three days later, the Bible tells us that God raised him from the dead. And because of that, he conquered death, he conquered hell, and he will give you everlasting life. You could pray a simple prayer like this, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I repent of my sins, and I receive that free gift of eternal life that you offer through Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he shed his blood to be the payment from my sin. I believe that he was placed in the grave and three days later, you raised him from the dead. If you believe that and pray that right now, the Bible promise, promises that God will save you and give you everlasting life. I hope and pray that you'll do that. If you've decided to trust Jesus Christ as your savior today, would you let us know? You can call our church office during the week at 419-866-0773 or email us. Uh, uh, get on our church app and, and let us know through our church app, through the Connect card, that you made the decision today to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.